Welcome to Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland, the stories, the people and the standards transforming our daily lives. I'm Fanila Malone, Digital Marketing Manager at GS1 Ireland, and today on the show I'm joined by sustainability consultant Sarah Blake. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'd love you just to introduce yourself, what you do and your business. Okay, so I have a couple of paws, paw prints in, <laughs> in sustainability. The first one is Earthology, as anybody who's watching the video can see yeah. behind me. And Earthology does talks, workshops and strategy for businesses who want to take more steps in sustainability. So we get people on their sustainability journey. We do things like power hour talks. So that's all about the power and reducing your use of power and energy and things like that for employees and we do things like carbon literacy so carbon literacy is where people learn through a series of workshops all about carbon and how to reduce their carbon footprints and that's particularly Mm. aimed at people in the work environment so professionals working for a company and at the end of that they get a certificate to say they are carbon literacy certified and it's accredited by a company called carbon literacy in the uk that's one thing we do and the other thing is we do help companies get b corp certified but we dive into that a little bit more in detail later. Uh, and then we have a sister company called Green Zebra, and that's very much on a mission to get SMEs to go green. So we have an eight-pillar workshop program. And what that does is it takes everybody through waste, energy, water, transport, supply chain, biodiversity and people, and then finally onto strategy so that they can set up a sustainability and strategy policy for their website. Brilliant. So, yeah. So it's a huge area, really. And I think it's obviously something that everybody's talking about at the moment, which is brilliant. And I think it can be hard for businesses to know even where to start. Like you said, you mentioned all the different areas that sustainability can touch. And for somebody, maybe a business owner who's looking to get started, looking to take those first steps, what would you recommend? How would you advise them where to start? Yeah, so the, the where to start can be a little bit overwhelming, I think, for some people. Mm. But uh, one of the really good places to start is actually uh, something that you guys are involved with and myself, which is a Planet with Purpose. That's sure. on the Enterprise Nations website. And it is like a little diagnostic tool where people can go on, they can put in where they're at, they can get advice, and the tool will push out kind of some suggestions to them of what they can do. Uh, we actually have a similar thing on the Green Zebra website, a little bit more basic. So if you're only right, right at the very beginning, uh, that's also a good place to start. And actually, there's also a climate action kind of calculator on the government website. So okay. uh, climate toolkit for business. And again, you can just start putting in what you think is your carbon footprint. And it will spit out suggestions of things to do and ways forward. But I would suggest the main thing is that people just start somewhere that's really the thing so start with your carbon footprint and your baseline of your waste energy water is a really good place to start and where do you think irish businesses are at when it comes to sustainability like looking at maybe the businesses that you've worked with are we at the very beginning are we making some steps what's your opinion on where businesses in ireland in particular are at I think Friends of the Earth recently gave the Irish government a little scorecard. And I think we came up somewhere at a kind of C plus or something like that. Okay. I think we're in the could do better stage. For yeah, sure. lots uh, of room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of businesses out there. If you are certainly retail, if you're exposed to the forefront of a demand for sustainability, less packaging, all those kind of things, I think you're already on the way. 
if you are a services business or you don't quite have that kind of need or you haven't yet seen it in tenders, that kind of thing, then I think you're a world away from perhaps where you need to be. So there's a huge disparity at the moment. I would say 20 to 30% of companies are engaged, but there's a huge, huge group out there who just don't know where to start and who are going, I've got more important things, energy crisis, et cetera, to worry about right now. Yeah, for sure. And it was actually interesting. I saw you speaking at the Festival of Female Entrepreneurs. And I know one of the entrepreneurs on your panel was saying that she was a product-based business and she was looking to move into retail and she was finding that they were, the retailers were asking for a list of what are you doing sustainability-wise, what's happening, where are you getting your products? So there does seem to be pressure coming from maybe from retailers to get suppliers in that are more sustainable, which is great to see. It might be the spur on that maybe some smaller businesses need moving on their sustainability journeys. Absolutely. You can see it in the public sector. The public sector right now have a very strong campaign to reduce their energy use given the current situation in costs. So for a lot of businesses right now, especially if you are in a factory or that kind of thing, you really are looking to suppress that curve of energy prices rising. They say never waste a good crisis. So yeah. <laughs> it's an absolute opportunity right now to to look at energy use for a start. In turn, that will immediately cut your carbon footprint. So that's a great way to get people on board and get them engaged. Can you give us some examples maybe of some businesses in Ireland that you think are doing well when it comes to sustainability? I know from my experience of talking to entrepreneurs, it's the young entrepreneurs coming up that are the most educated and the most committed to sustainability, which is great to see. What's your experience of that? Yeah, and I think that's probably right. I mean, anybody who's starting out right now, they know that sustainability is a big thing. Whether they're into it or not, I think a lot of investors, and again, we saw that from the Festival of Female Entrepreneurs, the investors were talking about having a sustainable business in order for them to invest in you. So I think that's a driver as well as the sort of conscious awareness of why we need to do that. Obviously, this week it's COP27, so all eyes are focusing on Egypt and how we can all come together to make a difference. I'm not wholly convinced that we're going to see much coming out of this, and that's why I think business have a really strong part to play because businesses right now are pretty much more trusted than than governments. Yeah. We look at the governments around the world and what's happening with all the changes, etc. So business have an opportunity here to lead the way with trust on sustainability. There are potentials for greenwashing, but I think something that you could certainly look at is the B Corp standard because there are so many you know, businesses that are doing well. So for example, this week or the last two weeks, Bailey's certified as a B Corp. And I guess, yeah, there's a, there's a part of a very large company who are using business as a force for good. Other companies that are new and exciting and have um, doing lots of really good stuff in this space that are B Corps would be companies like Feed, who are doing yeah. the little the lentils in the pouches and stuff like yeah. that. You can find them on our podcast. They are trying to get recertification at a very high level. It gets competitive uh, once once you get into yeah. it. Then you have like travel companies, obviously, because again, they're at the forefront there of that customer drive for change. So you have companies like Earth's Edge in Ireland and Vagabond, who are B Corps. Vagabond, they bring a lot of American tourists in. So they need to be able to prove that they are a sustainable company as well to get that business. It definitely gives you an edge. If you can say that you are sustainable, you know, that there are lots of 
statistics out there to say that sustainable businesses certainly do better. And indeed, in the UK, there was recently a study about looking forward to 2023. And if they took a sort of tranche of regular SMEs versus B Corps, and the B Corps sort of says 60% more likely to experience growth in 2023, wow. whereas the others were back in 45, 50% likely to experience growth in 2023. So it's definitely a positive thing. Most people see a lot better talent retention. Once you put sustainability at the heart mm. of what you do, it means that their workforce, especially like you mentioned there, that demographic coming up who are yeah. really engaged. They know that we need to mind the planet. They really want to work for businesses with purpose. Mm. And if they don't see one, they're starting their own. More and more businesses are people coming out of college and going, I see an opportunity and off they go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what B Corp actually is for anyone who isn't familiar with the term. Yeah. So B Corp is, it's a certification that uses business as a force for good. Mm-hmm. So at the heart of it are sustainability and environmental principles, but it also encompasses community, workers and governance. So how your company is governed, how you treat your workers, what happens in the community around you. So, you know, if you're, let's say you're a service business, it could be like, what are you doing to support your clients and your customers? What are you doing to support the community around where your office is based? What are you doing for charities? Almost touches on CSR, but that's really sort of, I guess, not the terminology that we use anymore because it's fully Mm. sustainability. In order to be a B Corp, you have to reach 80 points within their certification metric. Uh, And most people come out at somewhere around 80 to 90 points. Really exemplary companies are in the 120, maybe even 130 brackets. So there's a rigorous set of standards and you have to provide evidence to B Corp to prove to them that you are doing the things that you say you do when it comes to, let's say, employees and workers' rights and those kind of things. Okay. And how exactly is that accredited, Sarah? As in, is there a B Corp body that is validating the information that companies provide? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So B Lab are the kind of the body, if you like, that sits B Lab and B Corporation. So there's slightly different between here in the US, but essentially in Europe, we have we have a corporation that sits behind it. But yes, what happens is like any audit process, you're sending in your information and evidence and they are verifying that you are meeting those standards in order to receive recall certification. It is quite an onerous task. And I think a lot of people who maybe come into the B Corp impact assessment. So there's a huge sort of audit trail, if you like. You, you go on, you can go on to the impact assessment and more companies, something like, um, I think it's something like 20,000 or something a month here in Ireland are actually going in, logging in to wow. the B Corp impact assessment. That's huge. Looking at it and going, okay, I'd really like to do this. And then they get completely bamboozled with, well, look at this information that's required. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't Mm. know what that is. And they're shying away from it because it's so comprehensive because it does include environmental standards as well as people and community standards. So Mm. for me, it's about the holistic side of sustainability because so many people these days, they talk about sort of environmental peace. Mm. They talk about ESG. They talk about sustainability. And ESG to me is almost like if you're an investor looking at a company, you're going, okay, what's their ESG policy? Where are they at? It's the investor needs that you're meeting, whereas sustainability is really about what you're doing within the company itself to meet those requirements. And that's what B Corp does. 
So it really is a an, an amazing badge to have. And certainly those companies, including Danone here as well, Dairy Dan and Wexford, they certified. So no, it's not just small startup companies. I think that's the sort of slight misnomer out there is that B Corp is for small companies who are nimble, who don't have complicated mm. procedures and that they can do something fairly quickly. But that's definitely not true with obviously the bigger companies like we have Baileys, et cetera, certifying. And Urban Vault, indeed, was an Irish company. They were the first company mm. to certify and they do lighting as a service. And Correct. they, they're, they're, they're not small. It's, it's something that every company could look at, uh, not just mm. startups. And how does the process work? Is it something that you pay for? Like, how do you actually get the certification once you do the paperwork and the kind of verification? Okay, so there's the process, if you like, depends mm. on the size of company that you're at. So some really big companies will have to flag themselves, if you like, in the first instance to, to B Corp. And certainly if you're thinking about doing it, you can get in touch with us. But the first thing to do is to go into the impact assessment. You should go through all the questions. You should see where you have uh, the policies and procedures and things in place where you need to improve on that. And the system itself has what we call little sort of goals and bookmarks. So you can style things as a goal to come back to in two or three months' time if you know you need board approval, for example, because there's something called mission lock, which means you have to write into your constitution, company constitution, that you are going to, you're going to protect the shareholders and you're going to use business in the force for good. So a lot of companies that do gain 10 of the 80 points, which is an easy win for people looking to gain points. But once you've gone in and done that, for most companies, it's 250 euro to to put send your application off, essentially. So you just alert BLAB that, yes, I have done it. I filled out the disclosure questionnaire, which is all about if you might be a business mm-hmm. that's involved in some areas that they may have issues with. It could be gambling or alcohol or all those kind of things. And then you hit submit, you pay your money, and then they come back to you and say, okay, we see that you've done this amount of work. We're going to assign you an analyst. And while we're doing that, you've got three to six months with which to make sure that all your policies and procedures that you've stated you have are up to date. Um, And then you'll have an analyst come back to you and then they will go through what you have stated you have with a fine tooth comb. Wow. And would this be seen as the gold standard when it comes to sustainability? Yeah, I very much think so. There are plenty of companies, though, who are B Corps who also have gone for science-based targets. So they've decided that in terms of their carbon footprint, they're going to stick their colors to the mast and say, okay, we're going to go for net zero by 2030 mm-hmm. or 2050. I certainly think 2050 is way too late. We mm-hmm. want to be aiming for seven years because the tipping points are coming thick and fast. So we definitely, mm-hmm. the faster we move, the better. And the faster we move, the better because if, let's say, say this was when we had the kind of data privacy laws come in and everyone was panicking and they all left it till December let's say the 15th or whenever they're coming in. We can't do that with sustainability. We can't leave it till, you know, 2040 and say, oh, now I'm going to reduce my carbon footprint because the curve will be so much bigger than if we start now, we'll see a much better curve in terms of reduction. So I would say if there's any company out there thinking, oh, this is something I need to do, I would say you do it sooner rather than later. Um, There are other standards out there. So ISO 14001 has some SDGs in it. So has some kind of alluding to sustainability. In my experience, it goes some way, but it doesn't yet go far enough. They might still bring Mm. out something that is a bit stronger. But I think for where we need to be, we need 
a lot stronger regulation. And that is coming from the EU probably in the next two or three years. We've seen things like the Right to Repair Act, universal jacks, let's say, for the phones and things like that, where it's yeah. like, we're not planning for obsolescence, we're planning for reuse. So that this concept of the circular economy, where you go from our traditional economy of take, make, waste, Mm. To the circular economy where things are coming back in for repair. You might in the future not even own a washing machine. You might yeah. just rent it. It might be yeah. a very nominal fee every month. But if it breaks down, what happens is you can just send it back and they'll repair it. As opposed to yeah. all these washing machines piling up and having to go and be broken down by their metals and things like that. Yeah. Hopefully we should get to a stage where things are modular and therefore easily repairable. God, that'd be really brilliant, wouldn't it? Like from so many different points of view, like not even environmental but like you said it's interesting like you you were saying there if anyone's thinking about doing this doing it now rather than waiting till 2040 and it's not just an ethical and a moral decision it's a business decision as well like you said it's in terms of retaining talent attracting talent increasing growth and for all of those reasons so definitely something that every business needs to be aware of you touched on greenwashing sarah would you like to tell us, I know we've heard that term more and more. I see it in newspaper articles that I'm reading about people being accused of greenwashing. What is greenwashing and what do we need to be aware of when it comes to greenwashing? Okay, so I think a really good example of this was in the press recently where Sheen, that's kind of high volume, low value entity, and they brought out an app to resell on their own platform, Sheen Clothes. And yet, on the other hand, they are still manufactured like, you know, crazy. So on the one hand, they're still using up all the finite resources of water, energy, all the lakes, all the water that goes to make cotton. And to be fair, she mainly used polyester. It's all made in plastic, polyester, it bobbles. These fibers don't last. And to be fair, this, you know, no, no offense to Sheen, but there are just one of many. But so they came out with this app that says, oh, we're really responsible. But on the other hand, they're still carrying on with their existing business model. Yes. It's so greenwashing because yeah. they're not. And they didn't even say, we would like you to continue to share or resell on Depop, for example. Mm -hmm. Depop's been around for a very long time. I see Sheen stuff on Depop all the time. I actually am an avid fan. It's not just for the teens. Um, I managed to get a lovely pair of, say, branded le leggings next to nothing and half the price. <laughs> so it's well worth buying secondhand because the carbon footprint mm -hmm. just is halved instantly. But yeah, so that's an example of where company does one thing and says another. Yeah. So yeah. people do want to be very careful. You want to be very transparent about what you're doing. And I think if, let's take on POS, for example, right? Mm -hmm. They said, I think it was by 2025, we're going to have all electric vehicle fleet. And then came COVID. And then came all the issues we're having with trying to get electric vehicles and cars on board. And they yeah. said, hands up. It's actually just not physically possible because the cars and the vehicles and the little vans are just not out there. So yeah. we thought that we'd be able to do this, but actually now we can't. And here's why and here's what we plan to do about it. So at least they have been very transparent yeah. about what's happening. Yes, they had a plan. It seemed like a very achievable goal, maybe two or three years ago, but lots has happened since then. So I think yeah. it's just making sure that you are honest about yeah. your doing and what's not worked. Yeah, exactly. And I think as long as you do that, and that's about trust as well, building trust with consumers, as long as you're honest and saying what's happening, that's really important and interesting. I think that is the number one thing that kind of 
hits the press right now is yeah, when the green gets called out. And I think that's why people are and businesses are certainly a little bit afraid to act because they think if we do this, say, for example, you say we're carbon neutral. Carbon neutral mm-hmm. means that you can just offset all your emissions and yeah. still be doing harm. Yeah. Net zero means you've pretty much reduced your emissions to net zero and you've got mm-hmm. maybe five, maybe 10% of things that you just cannot at the moment reduce to zero. And so therefore mm. you offset them. So again, it's just to be wary of all the different terminology. There's mm. also carbon negative, climate positive and carbon positive. And these all mean, for example, Microsoft. So they're saying they're going to be carbon positive because they are going to offset all of their historical emissions. And not only that, they are going mm. to go above and beyond so that they go below the kind of net zero so that they actually have right. a positive impact on the planet. Wow, that's very ambitious for a company the size of Microsoft and such a, a company that's been around for such a long period of time as well. It can be harder to deal with those legacy issues. Do you think you've mentioned a couple of different kind of phrases there that you hear about net zero and carbon neutral and all of these different phrases that people hear nowadays, zero waste. And do you think consumers are understand these terms? Do you think there's a good level of education among the general population when it comes to because I think if I heard the term carbon neutral, I'd kind of think, oh, that's great. You kind of think that's mm-hmm. the same as net zero. But actually you're saying, no, they can just buy a lot of carbon offsetting initiatives. Do you think there's a, people are more educated now when it comes to sustainability or are, do we still have a long way to go? I think we've done a lot of good work. Like, so you can actually go on the, the Irish government actually has a climate jargon buster. So mm. they actually have they have a place where you can go and look up all the jargon and educate yourself. I think in sort of journalism, we're seeing a switch now. RTE have been called out too many times for saying, you know, what wonderful weather it is, even when it was 30 yeah. degrees and it really shouldn't have been. So their journalism as well has come along. And I think even the addition of things like the journal doing their, their monthly kind of newsletter on climate change Mm. and being at COP27 is amazing because it makes it more accessible to perhaps people who hadn't seen that information before. Mm. And that's something that I feel is very important with the carbon literacy because it's about understanding what you're doing, where your impact is and what you can do most importantly. Because I think a lot of people go into the shop, for example, let's just take this thing. It's between the piece of fruit in plastic or the organic Mm. Yeah. So the organic fruit is often wrapped in plastic and the, the unpackaged one. So which do I pick? Do mm. I pick the one without plastic or do I pick the organic one? And so they get paralyzed and then in the end they do nothing and they just buy the 50 cent one that's from the front of the store, uh, yeah. which is doing the farmer's no good. So yeah, it's very difficult because with that choice, I would p- possibly pick the one wrapped in plastic that's organic because I know that they have gone through a much more rigorous process in terms of soil degradation and what they're doing to protect the planet and that kind of thing. And that the plastic is there, but it's there for a reason because they have to wrap it in plastic to protect. Um, I think you guys know this as well in terms of barcodes and what happens mm. with all these things. So, it, it, you know, I think those kind of things are, you know, are really important in trying to educate people. And a lot of people come to this through recycling. What I put in my recycling bin, who's recycling really well, who's not. And that's just one very small part of where we need to be i think rte programs like what planet are you on have done really well we've got some really lovely stuff coming up through the likes of eco eye and all those kind of programs that have been highlighting projects are really good but carbon literacy now 
is takes that to a different level. So with carbon literacy, you can choose to send, let's say, a couple of employees on one of our courses. And then you might decide, I'm actually going to write our own carbon literacy for our own company. So that would be all about your impacts and what you're doing and how the people within the company can take their action and feel empowered to do it. Because I think a lot of people want companies to take more action, but they just don't know. They just don't know where to start. Or how would you start that conversation with the CEO who is very uninterested, let's say, in sustainability? And then you have to start talking about money saving and it's having the right angles yeah. and knowing what to do. And I think for some people that is, that can be a difficult place to start the other place that's a really good place to start is friends of the earth they have some fabulous campaigns and somewhere all you need to do is you just fill in your email address and they will copy and paste it and send it to your tds so it's really easy to do they have some lovely evening webinars where you can go along and get educated and find out what all these terms mean what ireland's doing that kind of stuff that's another great one for companies to support as well okay great and if anyone is listening today, maybe and they want to find out more about Green Zebra or they want to find more about earthology and improving sustainability in the workplace, how can they get in touch with you? How do they find out more? Okay. Earthology is earthology.ie. Green Zebra is greenzebra.io. And the best place is probably Sarah at earthology.ie. So it's E-A-R-T-H-O-L-O-G-Y. Earthology.ie uh, is probably the best way. And we're on all the usual social channels as well and there's some great resources looking through some of the resources that you have i think on the green zebra site there's some great resources for small businesses to have a look at absolutely yeah so we have our own diagnostic tool so you can put in where you're at and just answer a couple of questions and that will give you a score and then where you need to do more and where you can improve there's also a fabulous resources section so that's all about if you want to start with carbon footprint if you want to look at the sdgs the un sdgs are 17 goals that were created because there was no sustainability standards so this has come Mm. out of the paris agreement back in 2015 so it's they're a good place to start and are globally recognized so if you're dealing internationally b corp or the un sdgs is, is a great way to go um as certification uh there's also on earthology we have if you're into kind of marketing and comms and you want to highlight different days throughout mm. the year, Earthology has a sustainability calendar. Um, oh, brilliant. Our 2023 should be good to go in the next four weeks or so. But if not, go onto the website and you can download that. There's also a an SDG kind of for business map as well. So you can go in and have a look at the 17 SDGs. And then there's a business case. So it could be... For example, like number one is no poverty, which sometimes for people can be very, how on earth can I do something about no poverty mm. when you think that's in sub-Saharan Africa or it mm. seems removed? But actually that's not, you know, it means about community. It's not just about, it's not just about that. It's it's about making sure that you have put the right things in place in your community and those kind of mm. things. So that's there as well as a resource Brilliant. and we do a sprint as well. So. And actually, we had Carl O'Reilly from Narcissips, who was at one of the Planet with Purpose events on the podcast there about a week or two ago. And he was talking about the fact that he chose three UN Sustainability Development Goals mm-hmm. to focus on in terms of Narcissips. So I thought that was a really good way of integrating sustainability into the business. Absolutely. And let's face it, not even Microsoft are doing all 17 SDGs. They might yeah. think they are. But they, you, know, you have to pick the ones. Sustainability mm. is about picking where your impacts are. Where is your business potentially doing harm? 
work on that. Those are the things where you need to work on the SDGs that have the most impact for your business. So it could be, let's just say you're in water, you're in plastics or whatever it might be. You might pick life on land, but you also might pick life below water because mm. plastics end up in the sea. And so you're like, okay, we're really going to focus on SDG 15 and 14. Or you might say, actually, do you know what? We really want to do lots about climate action. So for example, earthology would be very focused on SDG 13 because that's climate action. So that's the big part of what we do, obviously. So yeah, we certainly mm. don't cover all of them. It's best to pick those that, where you can have the most impact. For sure. And Sarah, how did you get involved in this kind of work and the sustainability consultancy? Okay, so yes, I have a, a bit of a checkered history. My background <laughs> is is actually in human resources and yeah. in horticulture. So oh. I have, yeah, I have for many years, I was in talent management. And yeah. then I moved into horticulture and I started with the RHS, did their exams. And I realized through doing that, just what was happening to plants and droughts mm. and floods and things like this and how nature was surviving in the conditions that it was given and what mm. we can do to help nature. And so then I stemmed quite a strong kind of wanting to nurture the planet, mind the planet, all those kind of things. And then somebody said to me one day, you just are a mine of information. You know so much about this. You should just start a consultancy. Yeah. That's what I did. Brilliant. So yeah. So yeah, I think, and I think, the key with sustainability, a lot of people say that to me, like, where did you start? How did you get into it? I don't want to do my day job anymore. I've realized what we're doing to the planet. I want mm. to take a step into sustainability. And in Ireland, we are lucky. We have um, we have a couple of degrees. We have masters that you can go and do. I studied and did Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership course, and I highly recommend that. It was very eye-opening, gave me a really great grounding going forward i'd also suggest anybody does i've got literacy course also slightly biased it <laughs> does give you a really good grounding because we go through climate change the effects what's happening in ireland renewable energy where we're at all those kind of things then we look at what you can do about it both at home and at work and then we go through finally how to talk about climate change how to have mm. that impact within the work environment and perhaps some steps forward that people can take to have an impact where they work Brilliant. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Sarah. It was really interesting and informative and great to get the information from somebody who really knows their stuff and knows what they're talking about. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it was lovely to be on. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you to our contributor today, to sustainability consultant Sarah Blake of Earthology and Green Zebra. Today's episode of Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland was presented and produced by me, Fanula Malone. You can subscribe to ScanTalk on Apple, Google, Acast or on our website gs1ie.org forward slash podcast. Talk to you next time.